0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, man, you guys are alive. How's everybody
1: doing today? Woo! That, was, that was awesome. Come on, help my friend out up on the front row. How's everybody doing today? I'm going to come sit by you, Sandy, and I'm going to show them how it's done with you. Uh, she's alive. She's well. She's excited. Today's going to be a great day. Amen? Amen. I mean, seriously, today's going to be a great day. Amen? Amen? We talked about that last week. We said it last week. Like, you are what you're, where your thoughts lead you. So I hope that you're believing today's going to be a great day. I hope that you're uh, expecting God to do some great things. And awesome things. If you don't know if this is your first time, welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Trevor. I'm honored to be the pastor of this church. If you are a visitor or if you want to um, let us know of some other next steps you want to take, just fill this connection card out. It should be on the chair beside you. Fill it out. Give us some information. Drop it in a box or a bucket on your way out. Or even just give it to somebody at one of our um, next step, at, at the next step tent uh, today. So let's start off with this. You guys have your little thumbs up uh, paddles, thumbs up, thumbs down, let me see them, hold them high, raise them high, raise them high, don't take these home with you, I need them next week, all right, you guys got them, all right, all right, so let, let's, let's do a little bit of an icebreaker today, let's use this, you could also use it as a fan if you get hot, but it's, this is South Florida winter, so we're not hot, um, here's the thing, uh, here's the first question, and I just need, this is, is yes, I agree, or no, I don't agree, right, okay, so first one, number one, money, Oh, wow, this is what I came to. I came to this. Money is something I deal with every day. Easy question, come on. Some of y'all are, okay, all right, there we go. We got somebody that says, no, I don't deal with it every day. My wife does, but I don't. I don't even touch it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, uh, next one. I'm not gonna show mine. Next one. I have more money than I know what to do with. Let me just see. <laughs> I'm looking for the greens. You guys look around for the greens so you can borrow some money after church. <laughs> ah, more money than I know what to do with. Uh, next one, money makes me happy. Money makes me happy. Let's be honest. You could be honest. Barely good, very really good. Some of y'all are, are, are given the Christian answer. Some of y'all are giving the honest answer. <laughs> uh, finally, money. Last question. Money is a source of tension. In my life, in some way in my life, maybe between you and your spouse or your kids or, or your bill collectors, money is a source of tension. There's some, there's some yeses, there's some yeses, and there's some noes. It's pretty split. Well, welcome, welcome to giving up. I'm glad that you guys are, are here um, and, and that, that we are together for this. This is an introduction to our, our November series on trusting God with your money And if I'm honest with you I don't like touching money um, I'm not a type of guy that, that likes it I mean like literally the physical money In fact, um, we're going to be doing A financial peace series There it is We're going to be doing a financial peace um, uh, Small group coming up in January The Sanchezes Alvaro, would you stand up and wave your hands So everybody sees who you are He's our facilitator He's got the thumbs up he taught it last year, and it's a really, really powerful thing, but it's, it's based on Dave Ramsey's teachings on financial peace. Um, and so um, one of the things, one of the principles Dave Ramsey talks about is cash, using cash, because if you use cash, it feels like something when you spend it, whereas if you use credit or debit... You, it's just like a digit in an account. You don't even know you have it, so it hurts a little bit more when you order like the extra like food or the extra thing, or or you buy one more pair of that shoes or whatever. Because it literally, when it leaves your pocket, you feel it more than you do with the digital account. Well, I like everything about Dave Ramsey except for the fact that I have to touch money. I don't like touching money. In fact, I, I realized even in preparing for this sermon that I'm a little bit of a a germaphobe. Honestly, Um, I don't like touching doorknobs, and I don't like touching money. You know why, right? Because money is some dirty stuff, isn't it? So I'm clean again, thank God. Uh, But that's not something I love to do. I don't love to touch money, but I also don't like to teach on money. If I'm completely honest with you, I don't like to teach on money. It's not my thing, Um, but Jesus did. I mean, in fact, so many of his parables, many of his parables were, were about money. Uh, the number one thing Jesus talked about was not money. It was the kingdom of God. He talked about things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, he said, uh, when he came into Galilee in Mark 1, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He said... Um, in, in John three to Nicodemus he said, "Truly I say unto you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God over and over Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. that was his number one topic, but some say his number two topic was money throughout the gospel it was money. Why do you think that is? because if if the kingdom of God is your number one like if, if that's the number one focus, the the topic of finances, the topic of wealth, the topic of possessions is probably the number one competitor against the kingdom of God. The the things that you put on on the throne of your life, if it's God, or then he would say, okay, then if it's not, let me address this with some of you. Let's talk about what is your God, the little G God in your life, and maybe it's your boat, maybe it's your house, maybe it's your, your bank account, whatever that thing is. So Jesus talked a lot about it. I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to touch it or talk about it because I'm kind of a non-confrontational guy, Um, but I'm an ordained minister for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's my calling to lead people into a personal relationship with Jesus it's crazy because I have no problem talking to people about, uh, you know, turning from their sin and repenting and beginning a personal relationship to follow him. Um, stop living that way. Don't do that. Don't make those kind of decisions. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's not a problem. But when it comes to money, like for whatever reason, I don't want to offend. I don't want to get there because it's a little bit personal. It gets a little bit into people's business, and they're like, Pastor, that's really none of your business. And yet I've seen God's blessing on my life when I trust God with his money. Notice I said his money, not my money. And if, if, if it's as if I'm hesitant to tell you something that I know will be a blessing to you in the same way. I mean, I truly believe that if you'll listen and apply these things into your life, it will bless you the same way that it has blessed me. But it's hard to do with people that I love. And I love you. I love and I care about each and every one of you. Which is weird, because I want the very best for you, but I also don't want to offend you, so, so I, I won't tell you things that I know will help you. Does that make sense? Do you notice do you see the tension that I have um, in, in talking about this and what I wrestle with as I think about this? It's like knowing a person that needs to stop you know smoking cigarettes, um, because I know, obviously the bottom line is down the road, this could cause cancer and it could shorten your life expectancy. And, and yet, instead of really talking about it, I just joke about it. You know, I just play it off, or I ignore it, because why? I don't want to, I don't want to offend you. Or, or, you know, food, or, or driving like an idiot, or anything else. You fill in the blank, like, it could hurt you, it could affect you, but I don't want to offend you. It's like I have a cure for something. It's like I have a cure for something, not, but not being willing to share it with those closest to me, even though I know it could... Change your life so I, I keep it to myself most of the time. That's, that's the reality of what I feel and, and what I, I feel like the Lord even has put on my heart as I address this or even when I avoid addressing this topic with each and every one of you. Because God has proven himself to be a blessing on my life. So during this series called Give Up, we're going to be talking about uh, money and, and, and finances and, and, and trusting God with them. So this is your option. This is your, your, your full disclosure. You could check out between now and Thanksgiving, and, and you can say, you know what? I'm going to take a three-week break. I'll see you back here at Christmas time. It's going to be great. Um, but I, I will warn you, if you do that, you will miss out. Amen? You will miss out. Because the reality is, and I know I've said this before, we don't want something from you as much as we want something for you, Let me say that again. We don't want something from you as much as we want something for you. Truthfully, we believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. As with anything in our lives, uh, it can slowly get out of whack. It can slowly get out of where it's supposed to be. Um, maintenance on your car. I just had my car aligned this last week. I, I put four brand new Goodyear's on it last November, and, and when they went to do the rotation, I knew there was a funny noise, but when they did the rotation, he was like, you got to get two more new tires because uh, you're showing wire on the on the, the, uh, the tires that were on the front. And I was like, man, alive, I had no idea. It wasn't because it was pulling to the left or the right. It was because the wheels were turned in, and I didn't even realize that, so I, I ruined two tires. But if, if I wouldn't have changed the tires, guess what? Like, I'd be, you know, having a flat on the turnpike. Uh, like anything, it can get out of whack. A leaky roof on your house, or, or those two things leading to high blood pressure because I'm stressing out about, you know, a, a water leak coming into my living room or my bedroom, which is the true stories t- this week. Um, or, you know, your teeth can get out of whack, you know? I mean, maybe uh, I'm talking about, like, cavities, and anybody else, like... Hate going to the dentist. Am I the only one that... That makes me feel better. Thank you for raising your hand to that. Thank you. Like, I I know it's important, and I know it matters, and I brush my teeth twice a day, and I floss every night, but I do not like going to the dentist. I literally go when I get a toothache that the ibuprofen is no longer helping with. Honestly, that's not the solution. That's not the way to do it, though, but it, it happens over time. It doesn't happen in a moment But if I'm not intentional about it, and if I don't go deal with it, and I don't have regular maintenance, I'll find myself, you know, getting toothache. So I'll find my my house starting to get a roof leak. I'll I'll see that my car gets out of a line. And and in the same way, our our finances can slowly but surely get out of shape. It doesn't normally happen overnight. I shared this statistic uh, in the past, but the average 21-year-old uh, has about $12,000 in debt, which is not bad. I mean, you, you finish college, and or you're finishing college, and you don't have, um, you know, you didn't get a big car payment. You're doing pretty good, 21 years old, $12,000. That's the average. But by 28, the average 28-year-old has $78,000 in debt. That's a 650% increase for you 28-year-olds, which is not good. That's like literally tacking on $1,000 in debt every month basically from 21 to 28 now another statistic is, is 55% of americans live paycheck to paycheck there's not enough reserves for even one month loss of income that's the reality not for 5% i didn't say 5 i didn't say 25 i said 55% so half of this room possibly is living Paycheck to paycheck, and there's not enough reserves to even get you through uh, one loss of income. And so if you're taking notes, if you have a worship guide, this one isn't on the the fill-in-the-blanks, but you could write this down at the bottom. Debt has a way of depressing your destiny. Debt has a way of depressing your destiny. This past week, I just had a conversation with a friend about about someone that had kind of uh, spoken into her life and told her uh, that she needed to pursue her dream and that she felt like God was calling her into something. And I said, man, that's fantastic. I'm excited, and I agree with you. I said, and, and I'm not disagreeing about the what. I'm, I'm questioning the when. Because you need to make sure, as Jesus said, you, if you're going to build a house, you have to count the cost. If you're going to plant a church, you have to count the cost. If anything you do, you got to think through when. I mean, you got to consider the when When you do the what? Because if God's calling this person to do this, yes, have a step of faith. Take a step of faith, but also have a plan behind it. Amen? Amen. Everybody in agreement with that? God is a God of order. He's a God of plan. And that's what will help define the when behind the what in life. Because otherwise, debt has a way of depressing your destiny. God wants me to do this, but I'm in chains by my debt. And I don't think the plan is, is just to let it all go, to run away from it to ignore what you owe, but to actually address it and say, okay, God, help me get out of the things that I'm in. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is our text today. 1 Timothy 6, and I'll start at verse 3, and this is what it says. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. And such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments, ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt. They have turned their backs on the truth. And to them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthiness, to become wealthy. In other words, a fake show of godliness equals profit for some. Paul is saying to Timothy. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. In other words, there's no U-Hauls behind hearses these days. After all, we, uh, uh, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are tra- trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, not money, not, don't skip out on those first four words, it's not money is the root of all evil, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. Today, I want to highlight and emphasize a few things that you'll take away from from this week and and even into the next few weeks in our Give Up series. The first thing that I want you to get in, if you're taking notes, it's in your worship guide. Number one, godliness with contentment is great gain. The the NLT says it's, it's great wealth. But godliness with contentment is great gain Dave Ramsey says if you live like no one else later you will live like no one else what does he mean by that in other words here and now if you're not a part of the 55% if you're not a part of the group of people that literally live to take in every ounce of money that you get and spend it all out if you will live like no one else today later you will live like no one else. That later could be five months from now, five years from now, 15 years from now. But you have to make decisions to not be the 55% so that later you will live like no one else. Godliness with contentment, that's going to require you to have godliness with contentment. It's going to require you to do that because if you can't afford it, it's not worth the stress that is added by borrowing money and paying interest on it, especially when you have a perfectly good one in your closet or your driveway. Like, let me tell you, I like 2020s. I like 2021s. But my 2013 drives just as good with 150,000 miles on it, because it's a Honda, by the way. But seriously, like literally, I think I'll get another 150,000 miles out of my car. It may not look as shiny, but if I put tires on it and I change the oil, it will go just as far. Guess what? Godliness with contentment is great gain. I have no problem with 2020s and you that have them, but make sure that you have them and they don't have you. Amen? Amen. Let me say that again. Make sure you have them and they don't have you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 16, Solomon says, Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Like literally, like this stuff that you have, it literally could create turmoil in your life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The second thing I want you to get is is that relationships are more valuable than possessions. Relationships are more valuable than possessions. So often we put so much value on our possessions. We put so much value on the, the stuff that we have or the house that we live in or how big our bank account is, but relationships are so much more valuable. Listen to what Paul said in these verses. He says, After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. And we can take nothing with us when we leave it. I mean, you can throw that iPhone 13 into the casket, but they're really, it's just going to rust. It's not going with them into heaven. You can't take it with you, Paul says. People who long, verse 9, to be rich, fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. You've seen it. You've experienced it. Money creates problems. It creates tension. It creates fights. What happens? They pierce themselves. They've wandered from the faith. They've gotten upset, and it's all over possessions and wealth and finances, these kinds of things. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as you love yourself. How many of you even know that like relationships have to be more valuable than possessions. If you're loving your neighbor as yourself, this is so much more important than building up and acquiring wealth. The stuff that people remember is not your cars and your clothes, your houses or your shoes. They remember how you treated them. I'm learning that life should be more about relationships and experience. And money and possessions. If not, we're going to have a house full of stuff, a bank full of money, and yet be relationally poor and have no one to do life with. Man, relationships are more valuable than possessions. Amen? You guys believe that? I was at a memorial service for, for my father one month ago, just maybe over a month ago. And at that memorial service, I was reminded by the 300-plus people in the room at that day, relationships are more valuable than possessions. It, it, the, the, so many people commented, man, this was the best funeral I've ever been to in my life. And guess what he didn't talk about? He didn't talk about the real estate that he owned or the property that he had down at Belize. didn't talk about his, his possessions, anything like that. It was none of that. None of that. It was about the impact that he had so many people that he, he came in contact with. Relationships are more valuable than possessions. Number three, money has a way of going away. If you're taking notes, money has a way of going away. When I was in my 20s, I remember counting the equity in my real estate and thinking, wow, I'm a rich man. I had no idea that a couple of years later I would be upside down on everything and, and dependent on credit cards even to buy gas and groceries for a season of my life. That's where I was, after you know, a couple years before, thinking to myself, "Wow, I'm rich!" Like I'm thinking about retirement in my 20s. How dumb is that? Uh, And then all of a sudden, everything switches, and I'm I'm living on credit cards to pay for groceries, which, by the way, is not a good thing unless you're paying it off every month. Money has a way of going away. Even if you invest well and you live into your 90s, you set up a trust for your grandkids, it can all go away even after you're gone. I mean, Ray Kroc, the, 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 founder of mcdonald's not the the creator of mcdonald's but the guy that bought it from the mcdonald's brothers this guy that turned it into a a a multi-billion dollar business he he um just did everything he could to take advantage if you've never seen the movie you should watch the, the the movie on i don't even know the name of it but he he took advantage of everybody he ever came in contact with and he built this empire around himself and then guess what he died as everyone does and then guess what His second wife, or maybe it was his third wife, whoever it was that was his wife at the time, she was the heir to his throne, to his empire. And guess what she did? She gave a ton of money, a ton of this uh, inheritance to Salvation Army. You know, every time you see a Salvation Army building, they don't get all their money because you gave them some old shoes or because you gave them an old jacket. It's because they're living on the endowment of McDonald's. Like, literally, that that lady gave... uh, I don't know how much, but it was a lot of money to the Salvation Army because God changed her life through the Salvation Army some uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. It's going to go away. That's what I'm saying. Because Ray Crock he had no interest in Salvation Army. Ray Kroc was not impacted by that. It was what happened after he left. James chapter 4 says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business, make money, invent the Big Mac, do all of this. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that or that. But how often do we do that? Money has a way, James says, of going away. I've heard it said, and maybe you've heard this, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. In this life, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And here's what I think some people think when a pastor starts to talk about money. Oh, great, man, here he comes. pastor's preaching about money. He must need more money. I've said this before, but I want you to hear it again. I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. My salary is not based on what you put in the the offering or the tithes at Renew Church. In fact, it has very little to do with it because my salary has been set and, and most of my salary has been paid since the beginning, since even before Renew Church started in 2019 by some generous donors that don't even live in this city, that do not attend this church. So I'm not doing this because, wow, pastor's looking like he might not be able to pay his his bills this month. No, not not at all. I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. I want you to understand what giving up means. And I I, I even want to speak to the the, the student today or the young person or or whoever you are that says, well, I don't even have any money and I'm in so much debt I, I can't even... I'm in bondage to my debt, my bills. Like, literally, I feel like I'm in chains to them. I can't do anything. Does this message still apply, or should I check out? Should I find somewhere else to go for the next few weeks? Let me tell you what giving up means. Let me, first of all, tell you what it doesn't mean. It it doesn't mean what you might think, which is just quitting. Giving up sometimes means, oh, I quit. I quit. I quit. That's not what I'm talking about here when I talk about giving up. It doesn't mean giving up means prosperity gospel. It doesn't mean, oh, here and now, if you give $1, God is obligated to give you $10 back equally in just that way. That's a prosperity gospel, and I'm not talking about that. Some people think giving up means the pastor just wants your money, but I'm proposing that giving up is really about giving God your best to let him bless the rest. I'm believing that. If you give God your best, he will bless the rest. And that doesn't always mean monetarily, as we'll talk about over the next few weeks. It doesn't always mean that it's, it's going to multiply from 1 to 10, or 10 to a 100, or a 100 to a 1,000. That's not what I'm saying. Here's, here's an example of what I think giving up is. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they, they are... Uh, Carrying the message, the good news of Jesus Christ into new lands and new areas. And, and uh, they've been thrown in prison without a fair trial. They've been beaten, first of all, and then they were, they were thrown into prison. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 24, this is what it says. When he, the jailer, received these orders to put them into prison, is what it's talking about. He put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. He was going to take his own life because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And he knew that it would be better for him to take his own life than for the, 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 the Romans to take his life. But Paul said, don't do it. We are all here. And the jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That day, the, the jailer and his entire household were saved because of this experience. I'm proposing to you that giving up is really about giving God your best and letting Him bless the rest. For Paul and Silas, this was their best. Inner inner cell, locked in stocks, no hope. And yet, godliness with contentment is great gain. They found contentment in the prison cell. So what did they have to do? They gave God what they had, which was prayer and singing hymns. It says, if you go back to Acts 16, about midnight, they began to pray and sing hymns to God. and, And they just began to give that to God. And what does it say happens? the doors of the, the prison swing open and their, gate, their, 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 their chi- prison chains fall off. I'm proposing that we do what Paul and Silas did. In the midst of our circumstances, even in spite of being dragged into the marketplace, not being given a fair trial, being stripped, beaten with rods, severely flogged, thrown into prison, that you give it up. And let God do what he's going to do. How does that apply? So for you. You're locked up. You're in the inner cell. The, 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 it's called Visa. Right? Your, 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 your uh, jailer is called Visa. Your, your jailer is called Wells Fargo. Whoever it is. Whatever it is. Ford Motor Credit. Prophesying to somebody today whatever it is and whoever it is, to begin to to say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to give up. I'm going to begin to praise you, I'm going to begin to pray to you, and I'm going to begin to believe that, God, you can do, even with the little that I have, more than I could ever do. God can do more with what I trust him with than all that I have, than I can do with everything that I have in my own strength. Let me say that one more time. God can do more with what I trust Him with than all of what I do in my own strength. Like, that's just the God we serve. That's the God that can do these things. Had Paul and Silas said, No, we got to figure out a plan. We got to hire an attorney. Man, we're going to have to um, get somebody to break us out of here. That wouldn't have worked. Instead, they said, God, I give it to you. I surrender my all to you. I pray to you, and I praise you, and I believe you to take care of everything that I have. And that's my goal for you guys in this series, that you would give up, that you would believe God that he could take whatever bondage you found yourself in, and he can set you free. Matthew chapter 6, I alluded to it in the opening of this, this message, but this is what Jesus said. These are the actual verses. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I propose to you today that there's kind of three different uh, people in this text. Three different people probably in this room today. There's the, the one that's storing up. They're saving it, they're setting it away for a rainy day, and they're saying no, not to just to good opportunities, but maybe even God opportunities. Storing it for yourself, because honestly, money can become a God in our lives. So there's the storer, then there's the consumer, you don't store, but you also don't invest because you spend all you have on your needs and your wants right now. You don't money, manage your money well. And, and you, whether you make a lot of money or a little money, this really isn't about salaries. Because I know some millionaires that, that literally, if they don't make enough this month um, to keep up their lifestyle, they're going to be just as struggling as the $20,000 a year salary person. It's the same problem, no matter what, how many zeros are behind your name. You're a consumer. That, that, that's the person that Jesus is talking about that doesn't man, money, manage their money well. They make a lot of money, but if you're honest, they don't know where it goes. And then there is the investor. Storing up treasure in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where it can't be taken away from you. So what I see is this, you have three options. You could store it on the earth and just keep it here and wonder what's going to happen in the next 50 years. You can consume it for yourself, but it's never enough. Like Rockefeller, when he was interviewed by a reporter and said, how much is enough Rockefeller? And he was a billionaire in the 20s, which is insane how much that's worth now. And he was like, just one more dollar. Just one more dollar. You can consume, and it's never enough. Or you can invest in heaven where it can't be taken away, where moth and rust will not destroy, where thieves cannot be break in and steal And where you'll see eternal rewards. Cat, if you'll make your way back up this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Here's the conclusion to what Paul says to Timothy. Not only in the chapter, but the letter. These are the last few verses of the entire letter. And he says, command those who are rich in this present world. Not to be arrogant. Nor to put their hope in wealth. Which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Just a moment. I'm going to play an audio of of something for you. and I think that, that... the person that's speaking in this audio read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 19. I think he, he knew what this meant. And I think he, he said, you know what, I'm going to do this with my life. So as I play this, our, our worship team's going to make their way up. I'm going to pray, and then I just want you to listen to this, and then, then we'll stand together and we'll sing the closing song. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we just, we just come before you today. We just give this whole time to you. Everything that we have, God, we give our our life, our hearts. And God, I'm praying that our people, these, your people, would give up even their material possessions. Not to me, not to this church, but to you, God. Just saying, God, do with it what you will. I'm tired of holding on to it. I'm tired of fighting. God, I want your will to be done and not mine. God, I thank you for the examples. I thank you for the word of God that teaches us how to live and what to do. And I thank you that it's so much more fulfilling, so much more rewarding than anything that I can do in my own strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen to this audio and then we'll stand together and sing.
0: I will tell you that people that make a commitment, God blesses. God blesses the church. You know where the resources are? The resources are in the harvest everybody's sitting around depending on the government social security a bank or some rich person or this or that or something else hey listen we don't need a millionaire a billionaire we need to be an heir of the king of kings amen? amen if he is our source and we're seeking first his kingdom he says all of these things will be added if all of these things don't include all these things i don't know what all these things include it's the power of god that's missing is that right amen. if i'm wrong tell me I think that's right. I believe what we need is to see God doing something. When people see that the devil's over there doing something, they run over there. But if people see and hear and experience what God's doing, you know what? They start going that direction. But we need a team, we need a family, we need somebody that's with us. I don't care if you're walking across East LA or Chicago, you better have somebody walking with you. If you're going to climb a mountain down there in Belize, you better have some Indian boys that's got some machetes that can help you, you'll get lost. The worst thing in the world, I think, is to get lost. I see people standing around with cardboard, they don't have family. They're standing here looking for money, this and that and something else. They don't have family. They need family. We need family. I've got a family. I've got four sons. I'd have more. My my wife hates kids. <laughs> uh, we've got ten granddaughters now. My wife is tired of living in the boys' dorm, so we got ten granddaughters, two grandsons, and they're a blessing. My sons, all four of my sons are a blessing. They're, they're not a burden, they're a blessing to me. I can't stop them from giving. Two of them are given to missions and two of them are pastored. And, and what could I say? I've got some granddaughters that four or five or six of them have been overseas on mission trips. Some of them are going to get involved in missions. Some of them are right involved in missions right now. Some of them are discipling people right now. And that's, is there anything better than that? I don't know, if, I, don't, I wouldn't take a million dollars in exchange for that. I know that the kingdom of God is alive. I know it's real. I know it's moving.
2: Giants come calling my name My God is so much bigger than troubles I face Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame my God is so much better than all of these things. I won't be shaken. I won't Victory is already won. Yeah, He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. My God is greater than death. I love is greater. Too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have, doesn't already know. There's no problem too big, there's no weapon too strong, there is nothing that's impossible. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low.
1: Is that your praise? Do you believe that today? Come on, man. Is your God bigger, better, stronger, greater? Come on, let's give him praise today. He is worthy of our worship. I've heard my brother back here say, God plus anything is better than everything. God plus anything that I have, my little bit, my five loaves and my two fish, God can multiply it to feed the 5,000 plus all the women and children. Praise be to God. God can do bigger, better, greater, stronger things when we trust him. God, I, I don't want something from you as much as I want something for you. You heard that audio. That was my dad. For those of you that didn't know, that was a sermon that he preached some five years ago, and that was just a, a two-minute clip of that sermon. But let me tell you something. My dad, he wasn't the richest man. In wealth and in material possessions, he was not the richest man, I assure you. But he gave everything that he had. He poured his whole life into uh, this and into to missions and into church planting, specifically into you. And, and we walk away from that. We say, man, they, he made it the greatest investment he ever could have made. There's not a lot of zeros left in his bank account. There's not a lot of extra inheritance that my family has from that. But it doesn't even matter, man. It doesn't matter because guess what? He realized what he was doing. He was investing into the kingdom of God. Amen. He knows about leaky roofs. He knows about flipping upside down real estate Problems that I've had. He knows about broken cars and bad teeth. He knows about blood pressure. He knows about all of that stuff. And now he knows it for real. And he's like, Trevor, you're right. Tell him, Trevor. Tell him. Tell him. Don't let him leave without telling him. There's nothing better. Trust God. Trust God with everything you have, with all that you are. This isn't a this isn't a, a sermon series to get you to compel you. You know, to give by compulsion, the Apostle Paul says, do not give compulsively. So this isn't saying, start giving a lot more, start giving everything. No, this is giving cheerfully, but without compulsion and saying, God, what would you have me to do? Not, God, what would you have me to do? Here's that little piece. No, God, what would you have me to do? Opening your arms, opening your hands and saying, God, what can you do? What do you want to do? Man, it's my prayer that you'll be like Paul and Silas. It's my prayer that you'll give up. It's my prayer that you'll be able to just be broken free. The bondage has broken you free. You've been set free. No longer in chains to your debts and maybe even to your wealth. Because I'm preaching not just to rich, I mean to broke people. I'm preaching to rich people. Because how many of you know, and I want to hear you if you know about it, some rich people are in bondage. Come on, let me hear you. Am I right? Y'all don't even believe me. Somebody needs to meet a rich person for a minute. And I'll introduce you to some rich people that are in bondage because they're afraid to death that their one dollar is going to literally run, you know, they're going to be on the street tomorrow. So they don't do it. They don't do anything with it. That's, the, that's the, the, uh, the storer that Jesus is talking about. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. I'm not saying prosperity gospel in such that you give, you give. These arrows represent maybe some dollars or some, some finances, and you give, and it's all going to come down in dollars. These gold represent, gold, like, the blessing of God. And the blessing of God is not always financial blessing. My dad was more blessed than anybody I know. And he did not have a lot of money. He lived in a two-bedroom duplex at the end of his life. It wasn't massive estate on something big, but my dad was blessed. He had more than that 10 golden arrows coming down. He had 100 golden arrows coming down because God multiplied what he gave. And there's no regret. Looking back, there's no regret. Amen? If today, I have to close. If today, God's speaking to you, and you're saying, Pastor, I need, to, I need to start trusting God. I need to give up. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Let's make this just between you and God. If today, God's speaking to you today, and you need to say, Pastor, I'm going to give up in, my area, in, in an area of my life. Just lift your hand right where you're at and say, Pastor, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up. I see your hands. Praise be to God. I see your hands. Praise be to God. You know, I've said this so many times. Praise be to God for those of you that are honest, that aren't raising your hands. Because you know what that means to me? That means listen, God is speaking to you, and He's working in you, He's working in your hearts. And He loves you equally as much. Begin to trust Him with everything you have. You won't regret it. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made. I promise you this. Be worth your while. First step. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that's the first thing you have to do. So Maybe within the sound of my voice, somebody in the room is saying, you know what, Pastor? I, I don't even know that I have a relationship with God. The first thing you need to do is get it right with God. To ask Him to come in. To be Lord of your life. To surrender your, your, your life. Not maybe just your finances, but maybe your sin, maybe your secrets maybe your past, ask him to come in and to be the Lord of your life. If that's you today, and you would say, Pastor, I need to make these things right with God, here and now, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I see your hand up here, in, in the back here. My friend, praise God for you. We have a Bible for you. Somebody's going to be slipping a Bible up to you, and I'm just going to lead you in a prayer, and I, I invite the entire congregation to join me in this prayer. This is uh, a prayer of salvation just to make this declaration, and Even if you've prayed it before, I invite you to pray it with me once again. Here's how it goes. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Here and now, I choose to live for you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God praise, man, what he's doing. Stop by. If you've got a Bible today, I ask you to stop by the Next Steps tent. You won't miss it because it's the only tent in the building. Stop by the tent and uh, talk to somebody about your decision today. God bless you, Mikey. Come on up, man.
3: You may be seated. Well, good morning again. My name is Pastor Mikey. Thank you guys for being here. Week 1 of Give Up Our Money series. That wasn't too bad, was it? Right? Laugh. It's okay to laugh at church. <laughs> no, but man, that was that was a really good message, man. Pastor Trevor, thank you for bringing that word. Super good encouraging message, man. Challenged me hope it challenged you guys. Good stuff, man. I'm excited for this series. I'm excited for for the things that are going to happen, and even the testimonies and the stories that are going to come out of just the things that God is doing through this series and and even through, through this church, so that's really exciting stuff, man. This here in my hand is our sermon guide, which I hope you were filling out throughout the message, but on the back of it is actually where we have some of you know, announcements and upcoming things that we have at this church. So I don't encourage you guys to check that out. I'm going to cover a few of them just to let you guys know and keep you on in the loop of what's going on here at Renew Church tonight. Well, before I even get to that, do any of you guys remember the Christmas program that we did last year? Do you? Did you guys enjoy it? Did you really? Because I don't hear any like praise or shout, it just. Amen. All right. So that's right, man. We had this amazing Christmas program. If you went, you knew how awesome it was. If you haven't, man, it was great. But don't worry about it because we're going to be doing another Christmas program this year. And so our first meeting to kind of cast vision and just start putting people in the right spot is going to be tonight at 6 p.m. here at church, So you don't have to be an actor. You don't have to be a singer. You just have to be somebody who loves Christmas and loves people. That's pretty much it. Just come on in. We'll find a spot for you. Um, there's going to be set designs and there's going to be just different needs and things that are going to be here. So, man, there's a spot for you. I just I hope that you join us and, and be a part of that. Um, Another thing we got coming up is baptism. That's going to be next uh, next Sunday, the 14th. So, man, if, if, if you recently started following Jesus, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, and you've just never taken that step, you've never been baptized, man, you're going to have the opportunity to do that next Sunday. And all that is, is it's just, it's, it's you symbolically saying that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to my old self. I'm raising up a new life. I'm not ashamed. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to be following Jesus. I'm letting the world know that this is what I'm doing. And so if that's you, man, I pray that you would consider it. You can go to our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism, and we'll give you all the information about what baptism is. There's a registration link there. So if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up or just come find a pastor and just talk to us and we'd be more than happy to help you and, and give you some direction on that. Another thing I want to mention is as well next Sunday is growth track. So maybe you've gone through growth track, maybe you haven't, or maybe you have no idea what growth track is. That's okay. Growth track is just basically the opportunity that we give to you guys to maybe see a little bit behind the curtain sometimes here at Renew Church. It allows you to see why we're here, why we exist, what we want to do, and how you can be a part of that. So it's a a short class. It's 101. And so if you want to be a part of that, it's every second and third Sunday. So next Sunday is the second. It's the first part. And we have it during the 1035 service. So if you want to do that, you want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to go to the 915 service so that you can go to church. And then after that, go to Growth Track 101, and I promise you guys it'll be worth your time. Lastly, if you want to give to Renew Church, I just want to let you know that there's a few ways to do that. The first way is in person, via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can take that and drop them off in the buckets on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami/giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it um, via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you for how you take care of us, God. We're thankful for just who you are. And God, I just pray that you bless this offering this morning, God, as, as, um, as we give up. God, as we worship you in this way, Lord. and God, do what you do, oh God. Multiply it. Um, create a way, bring people to you, Father. Let your word go out, God, and bless these people as they worship you in this way, God. You know their needs. You know what what we're going through. Be with us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're now dismissed.